Welcome to Be The Light Podcast. This podcast is about building a momentum of positive change and healing in you by shining the light on teachers and the wisdom they have to share with us to help us to remember our inner light and to continue to grow. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. Thanks for joining me today. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Sundar Kadiam. Sundar is an entrepreneur, healer, writer, and spiritual teacher. He is trained in the traditional system of Reiki for over 10 years with Franz Stina. The awakened living and non-dual teachings of the great sage Ramana Maharshi have been a major influence on his spiritual path. Sundar's sharing centers around self-realization and abiding in one's own true nature. I hope you enjoy this conversation today. Without striving, Mm. the necessary knowing appears. And if it's relevant like this, then it can be shared. And so that way it's definitely the journey itself is is very clearly it's inside. Mm-hmm. More we go, like you're saying. But is really all there is? Mm. What else is there to do? <laughs> but go with it. <laughs> and go with it. There's really nothing else to do. But you're right. If you don't have somebody to guide you on right. the way, you get. I think sometimes, like I get confused. Right. You know, and I get lost. Um, in my mind or wherever or on that path and I need somebody to remind me that the path is under my feet absolutely absolutely and some of these things we can say the guru is within which is true there is no question about it but until your practice hits maturity Mm. the outside guru is absolutely needed otherwise you do not know only the most adept among us Mm. can deal with an inner journey standing alone without an outside guru. Right. For most of us, there is that question, there is that guidance. And over time, the maturity comes in. Like, for example, in my own journey, the clarity has incrementally dawned. And it's a very foundational idea for me, which is in the moment... Is there one or more than one? If it is more than one, that is not reality. Mm. It is only one that is reality. So, so over time, this, as this understanding has risen, it has become a very natural tool, if you will. And it's not something that necessarily needs to be overtly applied. Yes, it can be overtly applied when you feel contraction in your heart. Mm. Obviously, something is not going well with the receipt of that experience, whatever experience we are having, some contraction arises, and then an overt question, who is feeling that? Oh, there is a separate one feeling that. That's more than one. There's the one, and then there is the separate one feeling it, and then it's really then a surrender, let go, and you return back to the space of feeling just that state of being and mm-hmm. uh, but 
this wouldn't be possible if we did not have the shoulders of giants to walk on to start with, <laughs> right? And the teacher, a formal one, which right. in our case, for us both, it's uh, been the joy of being with France. And we've sat with some other people as well who mm. have been that source of uh, guidance. And in today's connected world, we're so thankful, right? We can sit in Cincinnati and get access to the teachings of Ramana Maharshi or Papaji or Muji or Rupert Spira or Gangaji. And it's mm. just so, so many ways in which the teacher can manifest in that human form. And we're fortunate for that, right? We are very fortunate. Right. The maturing of the journey is where you begin to see the teacher everywhere. Mm, that's how. Right. Yeah. Little experiences teach you. Mm-hmm. And then soon enough, every experience points you. And soon enough, just listening within, you can see the navigation at the moment. Is there one or more than one? How do you see it? Contraction is more than one. Expansion is closer to one. Mm. Sitting in the expansion alone is sufficient. So it's, what can you feel other than gratitude for this? Right. Right? Yeah. So So much gratitude. Absolutely. And I do think we have been very lucky because, yes, we have a wonderful teacher, Franz Dina, we work with, but we have also um, a community of practitioners yeah. That help to hold. I think it's like we hold that space for each other. Absolutely. It's easier to practice then if we're all kind of t- lifting up a little bit of that space. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what a. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, would have thought? In, yeah. In, in a relatively conservative part of the world, that there are such open beings that mm-hmm. take their own journey so so much with commitment and yeah mm, it is so, and it is gratitude absolutely so on any given day one of us may be caught up in our sense of duality mm. but it's not very far into a meeting or a conversation where something shifts because somebody else is in a state of being and right and that impacts the environment that we are occupying together. That's just amazing, and it's not <laughs> common, right? No. Typically, no, this has common. been possible when ideally a, a, an awakened teacher holds a satsang. Mm-hmm. And that idea of satsang is coming together in truth. Mm. And the teacher in being truth creates that um, space, that environment in which everything is accepted. Mm-hmm. Somebody's niggly jealousy that day, somebody's right. nagging greed, somebody's really um, you know heated anger or yes. this spinning worry. Whatever it is, a teacher who sits in truth for them everything and everyone and all states are 
totally welcome because that's wholeness, right? Yeah. So there's no one to judge. And therefore, the environment itself is non-judgmental. And that's what historically has been in the Indian tradition. Satsangs have always been seen as one of the really vital elements of a committed practitioner's mm. path that is being in truth. Um, and usually an awakened teacher or guru used to be the ones facilitating it. And what is interesting and fortunate about how things have con- come together for us is we're all like stumbling into that space, <laughs> right? We tripped. <laughs> yes, we, we, we are, we are, we're, we're there sometimes way. and we're not there other times and that's just the fact. And the fortunate thing is there is at least an increasing clarity or what is that truth? Right. So at least it stands as a beacon. So even if you fall into the shadows, into darkness, it's a way to get back there because it always stands shining as the light. So our group, I think, in that sense is like a pretty unique, uh, unique thing. I think mm-hmm. it's awakening people supporting awakening people mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I am not familiar with that sort of a thing occurring before so there must be something at least to me something really valuable it is yeah. it feels really um, good to gather together mm-hmm. and it's like um, coming home in a way right. together like right. that and um, it's a touchstone Right. You know, I think that resonates into the rest of the week or if we meet bi-weekly, you know, into Absolutely. those times. Absolutely. And it's good to have, um, yeah, all of us together practicing like that. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're saying really or what we're remembering is that there is no separation between any of us. Right. That we're all one. That's right. And... And so there is, I think, um, those feelings that rise up, like you said, um, they just can rise and fall. You know, the anger. I remember, um, like in our practice, not our practice group, but the um, Shimpanen training that we just did with friends, um, I felt one of our friends' anger. Mm. And it was, you know, she was walking around and I could feel it like a bubble Mm -hmm. coming towards me. Mm -hmm. And I could just feel it pop. Mm -hmm. And you know what I mean? Like it just could dissipate without anything needing to be done. But it was just that we could just be together and really be true to who we are. Absolutely. And what a gift. And then things can be, you know, I feel like we could recover. Yep. And just get to the heart of what's going on. Absolutely. And imagine if rather than simply being in that space of being, if we had to try to resolve this matter Mm. with the mind, I'm sure there are ways. And And I'm sure there are articulate people. (laughs) Of course. You know, uh, yeah, it's possible, but what an amount of effort. Right. Right. And in contrast, just the elegance mm. of simply being. Right. Just noticing 
and that space is not judgmental you know anything everything mm. is okay mm. as it is anger is just as welcome as peace yeah and and the experience you say of that bubble that the way that you experience the anger encapsulated mm. around that person in a bubble popping in them yeah feeling that relief special right it's and it also just is an amazing real life example of what we have seen the masters point to very clearly right mm. and my favorite quote comes from the dao de jing you know the master she does nothing and yet in her presence nothing is left undone non doing yeah and very confusing in the early stages of the journey <laughs> frustrating as hell yes definitely <laughs> but, <laughs> but as you walk the path so to say and go there in your own experience you will realize just like you're saying what is there to do it takes care of itself and mm. all that is ever asked of us is simply to wake up to who we are and that's just be the light right which is one of your <laughs> one of your um, you know current yeah. uh, messages that you're trying to share and that's is absolutely right just be the light just be the light and you yourself so it is really that internal mm. journey mm. uh more than anything that matters yeah often in my family setting um i have a lot of firebrand people mm. surrounding me <laughs> uh firebrand in their own ways uh, males with very strong opinion and extremely strong feminists mm. and males who are feminists too <laughs> so 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 you know everybody just looks around at the world and they feel like man there's a lot of crap around here yeah. and we cannot stand for this because it violates every fiber of how we feel about how this should be and then begins the over discussions around what we ought to do to go make that change and it often comes with anger which is being tried to convert to passion mm. and sometimes mm. successfully and often not mm. and and you can look around they have limited success and when they do it is absolutely wonderful they've changed a little piece of the world through their overt and passionate action but at other other times you see them stumbling mm. and standing back and observing it's noticed that anger is present not converted to passion mm. what else will it do right how can it have that sort of an effect and uh, so when i have these conversations about the the need to first go in and be mm. the change that you wish to see first <laughs> it is super challenging yeah for you know strong intellectual passionate kind of people and yet that is what the masters always point to Mm. the journey within first and the outer journey takes care of itself now mm. this requires people think 
that this requires belief in the masters and how I am beginning to understand that this is really not as much as a call to have belief because after all belief is really nothing more than some conceptual structure right something something of like you know you need to do it this way or that way it's just stuff in the mind and belief is what we try to use to control what is it's also something that separates you absolutely holds somebody above you absolutely and i feel like when we do that we give away our own yes. healing in a way we give we it do. up to somebody else we absolutely do and when we remember that it's you know what we need to believe in is um, like you've referred to already oneness that yeah. we are one right with divine yeah, or absolutely. the universe or yeah. our inner light mm -hmm. and it's not separate right we take on a big responsibility yeah and that can be scary for people of course and also i think we're so used to being so distracted right by other things it's hard to remember to come in or how to Absolutely. how to Absolutely. and I think we are so lucky because we've had so many direct experiences right. that we've had the time to question them mm -hmm. ourselves like I feel like right. I'm I like to experiment and you know try what meditation works for me or different ways and that's really helped me to um, let my mind kind of be immersed in it in the mm -hmm. practice right and it's like then it starts to soften right and the questioning just oh, kind of yes. naturally kind of yes. goes away because you've experienced it for yourself that's right again and I think that like we like the daily practice or like right. a regular practice um, is so helpful because it's such a so, like our practice group it brings you home Again and again. It's absolutely necessary. It's so necessary, yeah. That's right. Because how do you, in this, I don't know, I mean, I guess in any lifetime or any, but our modern time seems so busy right. and so full, so full, packed in with so many things. Right. How do you remember your silence or your peace? Right. Or how do you know what it is mm -hmm. if you don't experience it? Right. You this know, is, and it's is, like that first little, right. little bit of, um, you've said before, nectar. Mm -hmm. It's the nectar that the bee finds. That's right. And then because it's so sweet, right. you return again and again to it. Absolutely. So for each person, as we've seen in our own journeys, right, something becomes a turning point, mm. right? Either someone gets to the place of that edge of stress, they cannot take another right. ounce of it. Mm. And then they are ready to take on a drastic step, even whatever that is, is they may not know about it. So like stepping away from it, creating the space. Something as simple as that, just stepping away from it, creating that space is an enough of a starting point. Mm. Because in that space of openness, something that they otherwise were overlooking, they will recognize. It may be something popping up in the form of an article right. or a post somebody shared, or you're speaking to somebody and they're saying a string of words, suddenly it is bearing new meaning to you. Mm. Sounds mystical, but it occurs all the time this way. 
That is, when that little bit of openness is created, in this example I'm using, I'm saying stress and it just gets to the point somebody can't deal with it, just stepping away from it and almost declaring to themselves, this cannot be the way. Mm -hmm. There Sometimes must be something mm -hmm. more than just this mm -hmm. getting caught up in stress. Sure. Same thing with anger, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere, something creates that possibility where you feel like this is enough or it has gone over the edge. Then, then just that little separation from it or stepping away from it creates the room for change to happen. Mm. You know, the, the old uh, proverb, you know, you can take the horse to the water, right. <laughs> but you cannot make it drink. And the reason I'm pointing at that is sometimes it is a little bit frustrating or it appears to be frustrating for some of us in our own journeys at various points we felt like, hey, I can see where you're struggling. Mm. Hold my hand, I'll help you along. Right. And there's no reception. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't push and prod people no. into this thing. Somewhere, some opening has to happen and then this can see through and what that points out is rather than going in the path of doing mm. which is what you would do if you try to force a change on someone right. if you're always committing to be in the state of being then whenever that opening arises this light is shining it will automatically go through that sliver that crack and it's going to infect them in a positive way in a positive way yeah, it will shine through the crack. It will, it you will. Know, and that's that why we don't opening. know when that time is. No. But if we are at that time angry and worried ourselves, we have absolutely failed yes. that possibility of helping that person. So there is, in that sense, there really is not another choice mm. other than simply undertaking that journey inside, finding what you are, who you are, and really remaining being in that space mm. always so that whenever the people around you or situations around you have that little opening occur mm. the light of your being is present to shine through and precipitate the change so to that end the idea that you're beginning to share now of being the light is spot on spot on. It's not something esoteric. It's not something um, just, you know, profound words. It right, is right. It is practical. It's really the only way. All other ways <laughs> involve a lot of effort yeah. and a lot of blocking and tackling and pushing and prodding and frustration and up and down, which is not the case when you commit to that state of being, in that state of, state of being, there is really no effort. It shines and what it needs to do, it does. Including moving that body-mind to go say something or do something. Hmm. But it will arise from truth. So the power it will carry, those words will carry, those actions will carry, will be like hot knife through butter no resistance in the mm. target. 
That's so true. I think I've experienced that so many times in my life. Right. Where my actions, if they're arising from anger, Mm -hmm. they have a completely different effect. Often a lot of chaos and drama. Right. And then it's like a lot of cleanup time. Right. But when my actions come from my center or from my truth, when I feel like it's arising from peace. Right. Or that light is shining out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I act from there. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, it just cuts through all the confusion. Right. All of the um, junk, in right. a way, and gets right to the heart. Absolutely. And it's almost um, effortless. Then. Right. Like that, my friend coming with their bubble of anger. Right. And because I felt we were so together, in right. a way, that it was so, it was just okay. Yeah, that's It was just okay. That's That's just how simple, you know, it's so simple. And, um, but but I feel like that is where miracles are happening. Absolutely. Or that is where the light is really shining in my life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the most authentic way. Right. To continue to, whatever I'm doing in the world. That's right. To remain in my center. That's right. In that, in my own light, and 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 share, and it's like if I, you know, we can practice standing in that light together, right? You know, just naturally. That's right. You know. I love that bee and flower metaphor in so many mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take a look at a flower that blooms in a given season. Mm-hmm. You know, with the morning rays of the sun. It just opens up. He's not sitting there and yelling out, my store is open, <laughs> hey, bees, come here. Right? Its, it's way is open up. Mm. Bees are naturally attracted to this. So the bees that like the kind of flavor coming out of here, they are the ones that will come here at this time to draw from that. Mm. So they come rest on this and then they get that little bit of nectar their life is enriched see they also leave a little trace of wonder Mm. right they pick the pollen from here and pollinate another flower or they've carried the pollen from somewhere else and they pollinate this one and the giving and taking between the flower and the Mm. bee is happening like this and at the end of the day the flower with the setting of the sun, most flowers, they just basically close up. They rest. So that the next day, <laughs> they open up and that's all there is. Flowers are just, you know, this is an example of what we say in the Reiki precepts. Be true to your way and your being is there is something natural that is there for you, your way and your flow. What is that? We need to find that. And when we are that authentic self, then it is like simply being like that flower. There is no overt action necessary. The world is just automatically enriched. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the bee use. Take, a look, take an example. So in, in the front yard of my home, I think I have these lilacs blooming right and right now. And like I open the door in the morning and what a mesmerizing fragrance. Mm. It is. They just give it. 
and I'm just standing there and I'm taking it and I don't know what to say back. <laughs> right? Because I'm just standing in awe. What is this thing? How can it be that it's just simply pouring it out for seeking nothing in return? And I'm a terrible gardener. I don't even maintain my gardens well. And yet it keeps giving. So it's just something. These are the ways that I think we are saying that when your inner journey begins to mature, you find that all these little things occurring in nature become yes. lessons. Yes. They, they become pointers. What are they pointing at? They're pointing at something greater than my little sense of self. My little sense of self is like taking infinity and cramping it down to the size of a mustard seed. These little lessons in nature are to say, pop the mustard seed. Mm. You are that empty space within it, mm. from which the mustard seed originally came. And not the mustard seed, but the space that contains it, metaphorically speaking, of course. And all things in life, either directly this way or a step removed, they are pointing back to the very same truth. And again, what can you feel other than just gratitude? Even in complex situations where we are angry, we are stressful, there is a seed of something really positive to the degree the primary experience of anger or fear was felt. There is something in there, a seed that is positive and to the same degree or more better than what is in there. So when I first came across this concept a while ago, along some years ago, it was like, what the hell is there inside anger? What seed of peace is there? Or what seed of mm. love is there? It seems right. really like hateful because often I used to be the one precipitating <laughs> that anger. So it, it would feel like really bad, but, but it still is. And this is something we can simply navigate because Everything in life has two sides to it. Nothing stands alone, right? For an in, there is an out. For an up, there's a down. For a high, there's a low. For a hot, there's a cold. So if the experience you're experiencing feels like anger or worry, there must be another side to it. I'm just seeing this side of anger and worry and I'm just bumping into it and feeling whatever kind of negative response I'm feeling. Right. But over here is the other side. Hardly any of us pause to just wonder mm. if I'm feeling really crappy about somebody yelling, what is on the other side? Just that alone begins to make that change. Just step, like stepping away mm. from feeling stressful and creating space. Flipping it around and looking at this. All the time reveals something interesting. Something important that if you embraced the anger for you has transmuted into something mm. powerful, something empowering, something that nudges you from that feeling of being a very little person mm. to the feeling of being whole. Right. And um, I do think it's like when you give your anger space, right? Just and accept it as it is. It's like you're sh you are shining the light of your awareness into it. Absolutely. And then by doing that, right. It can, you can see the gift there. Absolutely. You can see the other side. What is anger? Absolutely. What is the truth of this situation? Because you've brought a little bit more space to it. Absolutely. And you can allow it to be, you know, and Very our true. anger is energy too. 
It does. And it needs space. Right. And that's sometimes all it needs. That's right. It's just our own awareness of it. Yep. And being able, and then it can move through us. We don't have to hold on to it. Sometimes we hold on to it for so long, mm-hmm. you know, years, right? Very much. So this way it can just, boom, we can be aware and maybe sit with it for a while. And then it can resolve. That's and right. And you can see the gift on the other side of the anger. Absolutely. So this is, again, you know, we are both fortunate to have the system of Reiki as being one of our anchors mm. in the spiritual path, right? So true. And we, we are pointed to the fact that the true self is the great bright light. And what, what is this great bright light? And this great bright light is the great bright light of awareness that makes everything known. Mm. And to what you were pointing out, when you are able to be in that space of being aware, that light of awareness on whatever it falls, on your sense of anger or your uh, state of stress, it transmutes it. It's the real alchemy that occurs there is this great bright light of awareness Whatever it falls on, it changes it that in a way that that too simply becomes the great bright light of awareness. Mm. So in its deepest way, shining that light on anger transmutes that anger into peace, which is the great bright light again. <laughs> this, is, this is just amazing. So maybe this is what the alchemists have really been talking mm. about all along. It's not as much changing base metal into right. gold, but it is changing base experiences into profound one experiences. Mm, that's beautiful. I love so, that. Yeah. And all it really is requiring is what is that magic formula that does mm. it? Simply go back within, rest in being aware of being aware. And then wave. You don't even have to do anything. Just that light <laughs> as it shines, it changes everything. And the funky thing is, as practitioners, we can see this, right? When we mm-hmm. afford ourselves that opportunity, that we create the space where we can just sit or stand or walk around or whatever it is we are doing, but but resting in that which we are mm. and then al- allowing the so-called external experience to occur, which is speaking or walking or doing whatever, right this light actually naturally shines through. And for us, every experience begins to look like peace. Mm. Every interchange looks like love. And everything that occurs seems to start from happiness, ends in happiness. (laughs) And what the hell? This is just magical. (laughs) It's wonderful. And and all you really ask to do is to go within... Mm to know that which you are and be that which you are. And and I know what, a, what an amazing thing it is. And not only it is affording us that sort of experience, even in this mortal body-mind form, we can experience the ever-increasing, ever-expanding mm-hmm. sense of love, peace and happiness. But it is that very same presence that changes others without any overt effort or intention or anything. Right. And 
so easy. It's that the sun shines and the flowers yes. unfold and yes. the wind blows and yes. we can just kind of be more natural in our own being. Right. I love that. That's should we right. should we practice a little bit or we could. Or you can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe coming um, like a direct inquiry maybe or Okay. Whatever sounds good to you. I have no idea. <laughs> as soon as the eye falls, <laughs> whatever wants to yes, show up. Yes. It always helps to first treat your body well. Yeah? We can't deny our body and arrive at what we want to arrive at. Yeah? So which means we look at our posture. Yeah? You can have the feet flat on the ground. Take a couple of deep breaths into the belly. Let them go and feel the stress leaving with the out breath. We can notice if there's tightness anywhere in the body. Maybe a crick in the neck. Maybe a tightening in the back, whatever that might be, give it a bit of attention. Focus your attention where such a contraction might be and then take another deep breath and let that go. Again, we can notice in the body if there's anything in there yearning for attention and relaxation. We can turn our attention there one more time and take another deep breath and let that go. Paying attention to the body and ensuring that it is relaxed is one of the ways in which you can enable a period of time where tightness in the body or other body sensations won't pull you out of an inquiry or meditation. And typically you would keep doing this until you definitely feel that full sense of relaxation. And then we can turn our attention to our mind. Our attention is constantly feeding thoughts and science says that 
40,000 or more thoughts a day can occur to a person. Very familiar to us, hopping from one thought to another. We squander this attention. So we can pause and look within. What is our attention feeding? Is it up in the head, swirling through thoughts? And if that is the case, it's all right. We are not going to push back against thoughts. You cannot resist thoughts and conquer them. It's like trying to hold tightly onto an electric eel and hope it doesn't slip out of your hands. It's never going to work. What we do instead is gently withdraw the attention that currently may be feeding thoughts. And how do we do this? We turn our attention towards our heart center. And if it helps, go ahead and gently place the dominant hand or both hands pointing at the heart center physically so as to enable you to draw your attention inside where your hand is placed or your fingers are touching. Gently withdraw your attention. There's nothing forceful about what we are trying to do here. Everything moves with gentleness and ease. So gently withdraw that attention, allowing it to simply rest in that heart center. Again, you're not trying to chain your attention and holding it down by sitting on it, nothing like that, nothing forceful. A gentle withdrawal of the attention from the head where it is feeding thoughts down into the heart center. And due to force of habit, it's very possible strands of your attention might be jumping back up into the head to feed the next thought or another thought or whatever. If that's occurring, again, don't fight it. Gently withdraw that attention so that all of your attention simply rests in the heart center. Breathing gently and simply helps with this process. Relax, keep the gentle breathing going, but keep your attention resting in the heart center. Since we are habituated to having our attention continuously feed thoughts, let's check again. 
Is our attention entirely resting in the heart center or is some of it feeding thoughts, maybe attending to some body sensations, whatever that may be. If that were the case, just let's gently withdraw the attention from what it is feeding and have it gently return to the heart center and have it rest. If you had your hands placed on your heart center or your fingers pointing at it, you can go ahead and gently rest your hands on your lap. Overturn the hands so that the palms are facing upward. Gently return all attention to the heart center. Breathe evenly. Each strand of attention is like a wave rising up from the heart center up into the head or elsewhere in the body feeding thoughts or body sensations or sense perceptions. 
in withdrawing the attention from all these places into the heart center, the waves are simply returning to rest back in the ocean. If attention is the wave, the ocean is awareness itself. The heart center is a gateway to this ocean of awareness. Now allow these waves of attention to sink into the heart center, going deeper, returning home to the source, awareness itself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for practicing with me hmm. and sharing with me and shining your light. So grateful. Absolutely delighted. Thank you, Sundar KDM, for sharing with us today and for being the light in your life and shining the light on the teachings of non duality and our own true nature, an ever expanding sense of love, peace, and happiness. Thank you for listening to the Be The Light podcast and for shining your light into your life, becoming part of this momentum of positive change and healing. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. You can find out more about my work at attunecincinnati.com.